Thank you, choir. Good morning. It is good to see you here on this Easter morning. We serve a risen Savior. He is the one who went to the cross uh, for our salvation. He suffered and he died to take away our sins. Through the shedding of his blood, we have the forgiveness of all of our sins. He is the one who was buried, but he didn't stay in the grave. He is the one who is risen, and he is risen indeed. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, we thank you for this day. Lord, in, in a world where there's uh, so many things that are painful and difficult uh, in our lives, within our community, and around the world, it's good to gather together with God's people to hear the good news, the message of resurrection. And we thank you, Lord, that, that your resurrection, it wasn't a one-off thing. But your resurrection continues to happen in our lives. Lord, as you speak the truth of the gospel into our lives, you make us alive. We are raised with you. We share in your resurrection. We are resurrection people today. We thank you for that reality. And I pray today that we would live, that we would live as resurrection people. Knowing that we have been raised to newness of life, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We've been raised so that we can serve and so that we can give, serve you and serve our neighbors. So Lord, I pray that the message of resurrection would impact this community and I pray that the message of resurrection would impact the world as it has now for 2,000 years. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm Pastor Adam, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. We had a great morning. We had a lot of kids show up for our Easter egg hunt. And I think it was just, a, it was just amazing to see all of the kids here at, at Maple Park Church. And... I want to thank those who prepared our breakfast. Let's give them a round of applause. And, and everyone who was involved in making this morning a significant outreach to our community. My vision for this church is that we would not be internally focused on ourselves. What we would do uh, would be focused on our neighbors, that we could do something, whether it's offering an Easter egg hunt at Easter or opening up our parking lot for neighbors to, to meet each other on National Night Out or having a safe place where people can trunk or treat on Halloween. Uh, it's my vision that Maple Park would be a church for the community, a church for the neighborhood, and especially a place where people can hear the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection for the forgiveness of all of our sins and through all of it that God would be glorified and that his name would be lifted up in our midst. Little liturgy that we typically do on Easter Sunday, follow along on the screen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And you have been raised to new life as a creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our reading today is taken from the 20th chapter of John's Gospel. Please read out of respect for the reading of the gospel lesson. Everybody please stand. As I read, I, I stand in, in the middle of the congregation as a reminder that, that as we read the gospel especially, it's important to remember that Christ is in our midst. 
So when the pastor stands in the middle of, of the congregation, it's a symbol that Christ is here with us today. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's with us today. So hear this good news today. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter. I, th I think I know how that feels. And reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. Looks like an Easter egg or something got away. You may be seated. The reality of the gospel is this, is that Jesus brings us from death to life. He has brought you from death to life. Did you know that a person can be dead even though their, their, their heart is beating and even though they're breathing and their neurons are firing? A person can, can be dead while alive? That's spiritual death. And Jesus is the one who brings you from spiritual death to spiritual life. To life that's eternal to life that is everlasting, to a life that's given, that gives you a whole new purpose today. You see, at the very center of Christianity is the message of new life or of resurrection. The message of the cross or the resurrect, and the resurrection, they're not just stories. They're not just stories that are made up. 
but it's something that brings to us new life and new purpose today. The resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth is the most important event in human history. Because without the resurrection of Jesus, all of us would remain dead in our trespasses and in our sins. C.S. Lewis wrote this in his book called Miracles. He said to preach Christianity meant to the apostles primarily to preach the resurrection. So if you read through the New Testament, you read the apostles' sermons, it's all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection was, was at the heart of their message. Because the message of Jesus' death and resurrection is at the core of who we are and at the core of what Christ has done for us. So the resurrection is the central theme in every Christian sermon reported in the New Testament. The resurrection and its consequences were the gospel or good news which the Christians brought, which they brought to the world. And this morning, the, the way I would like to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ is through one of the, uh, one of the, the women in the account of Jesus' resurrection. I would like to tell you the story of the resurrection through the story of a woman named Mary Magdalene. So today we're going to be focusing on her as we learn about the resurrection of Jesus. It has been said that Mary Magdalene was the apostle to the apostles. Mary Magdalene was the apostle to the apostles. What is an apostle? An apostle is one who is sent. Really, the term in, in Jesus' time could also refer to a, a political office, such as an ambassador or an envoy, one who is sent on a specific mission, the mission to give a message. So to be an apostle is to be one sent with a purpose. And it was Jesus who sent Mary Magdalene to the apostles to share the message of the resurrection of Jesus. So we can think of Mary Magdalene as the apostle, the one sent to the apostles with this good news. But, but we don't know very much about Mary Magdalene from the New Testament. But we do know that her life serves as a snapshot of the story of redemption from the fall to our salvation through Jesus and our mission as Christians throughout the world. Her journey is the journey of humanity. Moreover, her story is your story. Her story is your story. Donatello carved Mary of Magdalene in wood, and we have that picture. Uh, it's a striking image that he carved of Mary Magdalene. It's, it's not like other images which are painted where she looks really plump and healthy. You can see in the expression in her face, maybe a little of her past, maybe a little of her struggle. So if you were, if you were to encounter uh, this woman in real life, what would her appearance say to you? What would her face suggest? 
What would the lines in her countenance say about her past, her present, and her future? I love this image because it's not a beautiful image, it's a real image that tells the story of somebody who was hurting, somebody who was beat up in life, but yet one who has hope looking forward to something better. The the Bible doesn't provide very much information about Mary Magdalene. Uh, What we do have goes this way. First, Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. A little bit of her background. Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Soon afterward, Jesus went through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Now listen to this. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Let that sink in. What was her life like before Jesus? What was the pain and the agony and heartache and the anxiety and the torment that she experienced? Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. Some have speculated that, that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, but there's nothing in the Bible that, that, that indicates that at all. Oftentimes in paintings and in tradition, she's uh, depicted that way. But there's no, no evidence of, of that within the Bible. But we do know that before Jesus saved her, she lived a very painful life. She lived a tormented life. We don't know what led to her being possessed by seven demons, but but at some point in her life, she, she must have been searching for meaning and purpose. She couldn't find meaning or purpose in the religious establishment. So, so she must have, have looked to other means of fulfillment in her life. And at some point, Satan duped her, tricked her, lied to her. And she ended up in a very painful, painful place. And you can see it in her face. People say that you you cannot see the scars on the inside, on the outside, but I don't think that's true. Maybe you can hide the scars on the inside for a little while, but I believe that that over time, if those scars on the inside are not healed, that soon it's made evidence in in the countenance or uh, in the expressions on the face or even the lines of the face. You can see, you can see it in people's eyes. In life. So Mary Magdalene's story is a snapshot of humanity's story. Satan ravaged her life. And Satan has ravaged humanity. Humanity is broken. Humanity needs redemption. 
And this is why Jesus came. Jesus came to bring redemption and to reverse the work and the damage that Satan has done. In 1 John 3, 8, it says this, The reason the Son of God, that Jesus, appeared was to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. That's why Satan came. Jesus was sent by God to reverse the curse of humanity which has been cursed and held in Satan's grips and has been suffering under the bondage of sin, death, and Satan since the beginning. So what did Jesus do when he came? Well, well, the Bible says that he proclaimed good news. He brought good news to a world that desperately needed good news. The Bible says that he healed the sick. And the Bible says that he cast out demons. He came to reverse the curse. He came to reverse the damage that the devil did in the beginning. Mary Magdalene was possessed by seven demons. Tormented. Scarred. Living in pain. And her story is no different than Eve's story. Your story and my story. Her story is our story. Remember, Eve was suffered by the serpent. The serpent made empty promises. She believed the lies of the enemy and ate of the forbidden fruit. And isn't that your story? Isn't that my story? You know the, the cartoon depiction of the angel on one shoulder? And who's on the other shoulder? <laughs> you got the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other shoulder. There's truth to that. Too often I listen to the wrong angel. He speaks lies. I'm sucked in. You see, there will always be two voices. Two voices. But for Mary Magdalene, that day when Jesus came to her, when Jesus came, he destroyed the work of the devil in Mary's life. Freedom. Released from the bondage of the enemy. New life. The same thing has happened to you. When Jesus came and spoke the message of the gospel, the message of forgiveness, you too were set free. You too were released from bondage. That's the message of resurrection. The New Testament records some exorcisms, but we don't have the record of Mary's exorcism. But we do know that when Jesus spoke, he spoke with authority. He still speaks with authority today. As the message of the gospel is proclaimed, that is Jesus speaking over your life with authority. Authority to liberate, to free, and to give resurrection life today and for eternity. Yes, 
You see, we're, we're not converted. We're not saved. We're not forgiven of our sins and given the gift of, of eternal life through our good works, through our good deeds, through our religious devotion, or by saying the right formula. We're not saved by what we do. We're saved by the Word of Christ. And when Christ speaks, faith is created. And faith is life. Life for all of eternity. And when the gospel is spoken over your life, the, the work of the enemy is destroyed. Mary Magdalene was saved by Jesus. And you've been saved by Jesus. Salvation is for you. It's complete. It's free. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Says that basically that this salvation brought to us by Jesus, as He speaks His gospel into our lives, it brings a brand new life. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's you. That's resurrection. You are a resurrection child of God. But how is it possible that we as sinners can become a new creation in Christ Jesus? The only way it's possible is through death. Through the death of Jesus, who is Creator. It's through the death of the Creator, Jesus Christ, that we, His creatures, can be forgiven, set free, and possess new, eternal, and a wonderful life. You see, it was the Creator who willingly laid down His life for your life. And it was and is only the Creator who can save His creatures. And it was by His death and His resurrection. But what does it mean to live as a new creation in Christ Jesus? Well, look at Mary's life. She shows us what it means to live as a new creation in Christ Jesus. When she was delivered, she served. She served the Lord and she served others. You see, Mary lived her life as a servant. She wasn't delivered so that she could live however she wanted to live. She was delivered so that she could live as a servant. She was committed to serving Jesus. And she is the one who stuck with Jesus in His darkest hour. Alright? So we're going we're gonna, to... Uh, point our finger at the men a little bit here today. So we need to look at the men during Jesus' darkest hour. Where were the men when Jesus was hanging upon the cross? They ran and they hid. They ran and hid. Now John was the exception. He stuck with Jesus all the way to the cross and to his death. Peter stuck around for a little while, but then he, he denied Jesus three times, and then at the 
at the crow of the rooster, he was convicted, and he wasn't there at the cross. The women were there. The women stuck with Jesus to the very end. And it was Mary. She's the one who got up first. And she's the one who got to the tomb first so that she could take care of Jesus' body. So we come to the first um, account. When it was evening, this is of Jesus' burial, when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which, had been, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. 61. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. So you have two men who really didn't even follow Jesus like the, the twelve closest did. And then you have Mary Magdalene with the other Mary there all the way to his burial. Then from the four Gospels, she was the one who discovered the empty tomb. And she was the first to see Jesus alive. And she was the first to be sent by Jesus to proclaim the good news. Her life serves as a snapshot of our lives as Christians. She was brought from bondage to Satan to salvation, and due to her redemption, she served, and as a servant, she proclaimed the good news of the gospel. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus But she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Listen to this. Jesus said to her, one word, one word, her name, Mary. She recognized his voice. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Roboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers. Go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Mary Magdalene, the apostle to the apostles. She went with one message. I have seen the Lord. 
Jesus called her by name. Jesus is calling you by name. He knows you. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. And I don't know about you, but that's kind of scary. Because I don't really like to let people in uh, into my life uh, too deep. I'll, I'll let you get to know a little bit about me. But Jesus knows me. He knows my sin. He knows my failure. He knows my inconsistencies. And he knows you. He knows you and he says, I love you. I love you. And I want you to be forgiven. And he says, I want you to experience resurrection in your life today. I want you to experience the joy of the old passing away and the new coming. He says, I love you. You see, the the resurrection of Jesus wasn't a one-off event. Resurrection's happening every day. As Jesus calls people by name. The way he's called you by name. When he calls you by name with the message of the good news of the gospel of his death for the forgiveness of sins, his resurrection for eternal life, as he calls you by name, you are raised from death to life. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it's not by your good deeds, not by your faithful devotion, but only through the power of Jesus' word. He calls you today, as he preached and as the apostles preached, he calls us to repent. To repent and to believe the good news. And that remains the message that the church proclaims today. Have you repented? Are you living in repentance today? You see, I'm a sinner. I need to walk in repentance daily. So he calls us to to walk in repentance. That sorrow over sin, simply admitting, Lord, I'm a sinner. So he calls people to repent. Have you come to that point where you say, Lord, I'm a sinner? And then belief. To believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. To trust in Him. To trust in Him alone. As the one who has the power to wash away your sin. As the one who has power to raise you to new life. As the one who has power to take you to be with Him for eternity in heaven. It's the message Jesus proclaimed. is the message that the apostles proclaimed. It's the message that we proclaim. Repent and believe the good news. If you believe, you're forgiven. If you believe, you have been raised with Christ. If you believe, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You say, I may not feel it. It's not about feelings. It's about the fact, the truth of God's Word. Whether you feel it, or not. Believe his word. He's calling you. A life of joy. A life of peace. It's not just for today. 
but for eternity. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your death upon the cross, and we thank you for your resurrection. I thank you that those gathered here today who have repented and are trusting in you, I thank you that they are a new creation in you today. And I pray that that in the same way Mary Magdalene was made a new creation on the day you came and delivered her from the power of Satan, and she began to serve, I pray that we too would live as your servants, that we would serve you and that we would serve our neighbors, knowing that this life that we live isn't about us, it's not about all the consumerism and the entertainment, but rather our life lived today is about being a servant, a humble servant like Christ, like Mary Magdalene. And also help us to be those sent to others, that even today we would be able to share the good news of Jesus' resurrection with those who have no hope of resurrection in their life. Let us bring this good news to this community and around the world. We ask in Jesus' name, and all of God's children say, Amen.